0: So obviously we're in a little bit of a break at the moment. That's a normal uh, part of our rhythm at G2 to have a break over August but we are staying online to help us stay connected and obviously being online has become part of our normal and so I thought this would be a really good time to talk about Sabbath. Now if you've been at G2 for a while then um, this won't be a new topic for you. We have talked about it a few times over the last few years. um, But nevertheless, it's a really good thing to come back to and to remind ourselves of and to think about, particularly when we're in a break. Now, I know not everybody is necessarily on holiday at the moment. um, And I know lots of people just work through August and it's not a break at all. Um, But it is like a season of, of holidaying. Things do tend to be, life does tend to be a little bit lighter. It's a season of visiting friends and family and Obviously the weather's better, there's more time outside. And so it's a season probably of rest, but soon enough we will be back into September, back into life. And so thinking now about Sabbath and about rest is a really good time to do that, to think about what rhythms we want to put into place when we get to September and beyond that. So I'm gonna start by asking you, how do you rest? What does a rest day look like for you? And a slightly different question, which might actually have a different answer to this, is if you had a day off tomorrow, what would what would you do with it? So um, if you're supposed to be at work tomorrow, then let's say work is canceled, the business is closed, unforeseen f- circumstances, and you get the call to say, there's you, you don't need to come in, there's nothing to do, stay at home, enjoy a day off. Or if you're supposed to be with, um, with people tomorrow, if you've got something in the schedule where you're supposed to be visiting someone, something like that, they cancel and suddenly you've got the whole day to yourself. If you are a parent and you're, obviously kids are off school at the moment, if so, if you're supposed to be looking after the kids tomorrow, some magical fairy godmother is going to turn up and take them out for the day, a day of fun and a day of excitement, but it leaves you at home with a whole day to yourself. And so my question to you is, what would you do with that day, what would that look like for you? Would you maybe have a lie-in? Would you um, maybe binge-watch The Handmaid's Tale or other series that are available? Would you drink lots of coffee? Would you really chill? Would you get a takeaway for tea so you don't have to cook? Would you go totally into nothing mode? Absolutely, like, just veg out. Or... Maybe if you're a bit more like me. I mean, I would love to do that, but I'm just not very good at doing those things. Instead, I have a brain that just sees all the things that need doing. So I'm pretty sure in that scenario, I I would want to totally rest, but actually I'd think, oh, I could use this time really well to catch up on some jobs, I could just maybe get all the bedding washed there's like a bit of paint work that needs doing in the kitchen, maybe I could just do that, there's some things that need fixed and we've been, there's some stuff in the garage that we've been meaning to sell for months and we've just not got round to it so now would be a really good time to get that done and before I know it the list of jobs would be longer than the day itself and I would um, probably end up spending the day running around getting lots and lots of things done which would be really life-giving for me and really um, energising for me but not necessarily restful and um, so I, I don't know about you but um, often in these scenarios we either crash out or we catch up and there there can be two extremes to that. And if you're someone that has a balance in the middle then that's really, really good. But we're not all in the same life stage, I know we've got people of all different ages here at G2, you might be a student, you might be a young person. You might be um, in your 20s or 30s and working, you might have kids, you might have a family, you might not. Um, But I do wonder how many of us feel like life just doesn't stop. How many of us are on the go doing one thing to the next thing to the next thing? And obviously over the last year we've experienced some pretty big lockdowns um, and I and I think that really highlighted the differences. I know some people just particularly if you've got kids in there off school it was like non-stop, non-stop, non-stop but for other people um, particularly if you're on furlough then life was maybe a little bit boring and, and there wasn't much challenge and there wasn't much to do and, and um, lethargy kind of crept in um, and so yeah we're in this like season now i remember during lockdown um when we were um, meeting on zoom um we'd often talk about what you know what are you learning from lockdown and what sort of things have you put in place in lockdown that you want to carry on like after this when life returns to normal um, and for us as a family we we developed this really nice rhythm of every morning on a weekday we were obviously we we're homeschooling our kids but every morning at eight thirty, we would sit down in this room as a family and we would read the bible together or we would do some other form of prayer or worship we, we were creative with that but we did get a really uh, a family devotional book that was helping us read through the bible some of the old testament some of the new testament together and we all of us really really enjoyed that we really valued that time of of um discipleship together of worshipping together of asking questions of discussion and that was it was just so good for us as a family and that was like our number one thing that we were like we want to carry on doing this post lockdown obviously that was like last summer since then we've had two more lockdowns uh things changed things got quite exhausting and unfortunately that we've not been able to to carry that on um in the same way but through through doing sabbath we have managed to keep some rhythm of that going and um, I'll share a bit more about that later, but I guess that th- this now is particularly a really good time to think about what, did did you develop any rhythms in lockdown that were particularly good for you? Um, did you have any special prayer times or, or Bible times or even maybe like running and praying while you run or anything like that that you were like, at the time you were like, I really want to carry on doing this. But uh, I, as life opened up again, the diary got... Full again, and you've not been able to do it. But now is a really good time to take stock and, and decide if you want to put some things in place. And so yeah, we're talking about Sabbath today, we're talking about rest. Um, I think rest is a really crucial part of life. I don't necessarily mean just collapsing on the sofa in exhaustion at the end of a busy day, but the type of rest that really restores us more deeply, like a spiritual rest, resting with God, um, as well as just a physical rest. I wonder if it's possible to step back from feeling like life is running away from us and start living differently. And so the idea of rest is first seen in creation obviously God created the world in 6 days and then on the 7th day he took a rest and that so that's established right at the start of the bible right at the start of time that rest is really important and that even god rested and the next the next time we see Um, rest or sabbath is in the 10 commandments which were given to Moses as you know by God um, as the Israelites escaped Egypt and the commandments on face value they can just read like a a list of rules it's like a list of do's and don'ts Um, you know don't have any other gods, don't murder, don't steal it's it's fairly straightforward but there's actually um, a story behind those 10 commandments and they're not rules to restrictors but they're actually a guideline on how to be fully human because the Israelites had been in slavery in Egypt for about 400 years so many generations of Israelites had been in slavery and those um, Israelites that escaped at, at that point they had never known freedom they they had been born into slavery and that's all they had known. They didn't get to choose um, their way of life they all they had all they were able to do was to work and work every single day. They had to build huge shrines to multiple gods and goddesses um, that the Egyptians believed in. The Egyptians lived a life of promiscuity and seeking after treasure and material possessions. Um, The Israelites had lived through the Pharaoh ordering the killing of the firstborn son in every family. So they had experienced severe loss and trauma and murder. They'd been through a lot. And crucially for our topic today they had never in their lives ever had a day of rest they had never had a day off they'd never had a day to chill out to catch up on the jobs or to read a book or go for a swim or any of those things that they might have found restful in all of their lives they'd never done that and so God through Moses set them free from this oppression and it was a reason to celebrate yes but three months later, when the celebration had died down and the Israelites were left wondering what to do now. I wonder how they felt because all of their lives, all of their parents' lives, all their grandparents' lives, they had been told what to do. Every single day, they were told where to go, how to be, how to behave, and that was oppressive. But suddenly, they're out in the wilderness with thousands of people unsure of really what it meant to be free, unsure of how to live in freedom. Should they imitate the Egyptians and develop a culture like that, which is the only culture they really knew, or would they find a different way? And that is the point when God gave those Ten Commandments uh, to Moses. Three months after being set free, God came to Mount Sinai in a cloud of smoke for all the Israelites to see. So there was no doubt that this was from God and not just from Moses. He called Moses to go up the mountain with Aaron and he gave them the commandments. And so if you look at them as a set of rules, and I do encourage you to to look them up, then if you just see them as a set of rules, then you don't get the heart behind them in which they were given and in which they were received, because they were given for freedom, they were the reason or the way to be fully human having a sabbath day having a holy day where they don't work is just important as not killing other people it's there in the ten commandments and as much as i would love to take some time looking through each of the commandments and unpack why each one was given to god um, we don't have time for that today although some of them are pretty obvious like don't murder like i don't think we need to spend too much time unpacking that one and the heart behind those commandments, particularly the idea behind Sabbath, can be seen in Deuteronomy 6, which was the speech that Moses gave before he died. So if you've got a Bible at home, then do open up at Deuteronomy 6. And we're looking at verse 2. And Moses is talking about the commandments and he says this so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy a long life. And then he says some other things about milk and honey and having a good life. And then in verse six, he says this, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates isn't that amazing like the how strong that is tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads Now, I used to be a teacher and I'm a mum now, so I know that if you say the same things to kids over and over again, they tune out pretty quickly. They get bored. And so I'm not sure that Moses actually means to like tie them on your head, hands and write them on your foreheads but he does mean that we should make them a part of every bit of our lives of every bit of their lives the people he's speaking to they're not rules but they are the heart of God and then he says a bit more to remind people what the commandments are and how God works and then he finishes if we have a look at verse 20 by saying this In the future, when your son asks you what is the meaning of the stipulations, the decrees and the laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand before our eyes. The Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. So Moses is talking here about telling their children, the stories of their history, the stories of slavery and the story of freedom, the stories of how God tells us to live and what it's actually like for us. And I think this could mean telling our actual physical children, um, but I think it's more about passing on our faith and our history to other believers. I don't think this is just you know, for parents to tell their children, but I think it's for us as a whole community about sharing our stories with one another for encouragement and hope, and that being a part of the Ten Commandments and a part of um, Sabbath, which is one of them. So the idea of passing these stories on, of sharing our faith, sharing what we've learned, it is so important passing down to others the stories of the israelites and of jesus the stories of jonah and noah and john the baptist but also stories of our own walks uh, uh, our own stories of, of faith bring hope to other people and that's why we've you know we've done stories of hope because we know how encouraging that is to other people okay but the story of moses as we've seen here in exodus and deuteronomy is before jesus um it's the second book in the bible it's written a really really long time ago so is that still relevant to us today Are the ten commandments relevant is the idea of sabbath relevant well if we look at hebrews now then we'll see that hebrews bridges that gap between time hebrews 4 in particular is a whole section on sabbath and the writer says that in the time of Moses and Joshua, rest was what people were commanded to do, but it's also what people were promised. They were promised this land of milk and honey. Their continual sin meant that they were in the wilderness for 40 years, but it also meant that they never really reached that promise. God said they would never fully find rest because they had to, um, because of all the troubles that they caused and went through and they had to wait. So in Hebrews 4, verse 6, it says those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. And in verse 8, it says, and so this is still a live promise. The promise of rest is renewed every." day for us and is made new through jesus isn't that wonderful You see, the story of the Israelites being brought out of freedom and into a new way of life is parallel to what Jesus has done for us. We might not be actual slaves, but we certainly can become slaves to all sorts of things. Slaves to study, slaves to our work, slaves to expectations on us. We can feel like we're on this treadmill and we don't know how to get off. Jesus came so that we could have life to the full. Jesus came to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners. Jesus came to bring a new covenant, a new promise, a new way of living. We no longer need to be slaves to the things that we are slaves to, but instead we are set free like the Israelites. And we have this daily promise of rest in jesus that is what we're working towards that's our goal that's what we want when we talk about sabbath i remember when my um youngest son aaron was about two or three and on good days he was an absolute angel and butter would not melt in his mouth but oh gosh there were days where he would have full-on meltdowns over the most ridiculous things like if I wouldn't let him eat toilet paper or something like that, he just would like totally lose it. And I remember this one day I um, I set a timer because I just wanted to see. I knew that these tantrums were lasting a long time, but I wanted to see. And I think this one tantrum lasted an hour. Um, but it, it wasn't just a constant tantrum. He went through like this cycle of... He would try and do the, th- like, eat the toilet paper. And then I would say, no, mean you, you can't do that. Like, obviously, that's a really bad idea. Then he'd scream and shout and melt down and be on the floor and hitting and everything. He would try and hit me. And he was so cross. And I would stay calm and just say, I'm really sorry, I'm but we're not going to do that. And then he would eventually get really tired of that. And... Um, and so then he would come for a cuddle, and he'd want to be held, and 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 he'd like relax for a minute or two, and then he'd remember that he was really cross with me, and then he'd hit me again. And he'd go back into tantrum mode, and would just go through this like this cycle really of like being really angry, and then really needing to to be close to me and to be held, and then really angry again and like fighting and everything and after an hour he came for one of his cuddles and he actually just fell asleep in my arms and i held him for quite a long time why well he just slept and he just needed to sleep it off and i wonder though um i know like that he was two or three but often i think we can be a little bit like this with god we can exhaust ourselves with living And then we need to have a nap or we need to zone out and watch TV and then we go again. But God invites us into a deeper rest than that. One where we really allow ourselves to be held by him, where watching something on TV or zoning out in some way is never going to really give us what we need, but actually Mm -hmm. resting with God is going to, give us what we really need. And that is an invitation and a promise that we have. This is a gospel of rest. It's not a cheeky lie-in, it's not Netflix and a takeaway, but a deep rest. When we have a Sabbath, when we take a day off from everything that is in our lives, it's a chance to remember, It's a chance to reconnect, it's a chance to breathe, it's a chance to spend time with God. And remember that this was given to the Israelites to help them to be fully human. To be fully human means to rest and to spend time with God. Now, if you're anything like me, you will have a to-do list at all times, maybe several on the go, maybe they're colour coordinated like mine are. Um, It's a never ending list and it gets added to all the time. And if I'm not careful, these things become my goals. But what if my goal was rest? What if our goal each week was to ensure we had a day of rest among our busy diaries? What does Sabbath or rest look like then? I think it's about slowing down, it's about breathing, it's about resting in Jesus. I think using that, what Moses said in in Deuteronomy, it's about remembering. about remembering the stories, reconnecting, finding peace. It's about being with other people, sharing faith with other people, sharing stories of hope asking each other what's god done for you this week it's a really important question it's about encouraging each other and there's no way one way of doing sabbath there isn't like a right way to do sabbath or a wrong way to do sabbath it's different for everybody For you a key part of your sabbath day might be exercise because it might be that when you exercise you feel most alive and most connected to god it might be that you that sleep is part of your day, but it's not like a, an exhaustive sleep. It's, it's a resting with God's sleep. It's all about the attitude in which we do it. It's never about the action that we do. In our family, Saturday is our Sabbath day. That's the day that we take off. And um, recently I've got into running and I really, really like running. And so I know that when when I go for a run, the start of the run is really, really important for like setting, the pace for the rest of the run. And if I go off too fast, then I burn out and my first kilometre might be really fast, but then my second kilometre is a struggle. Um, But if I go off too slow, then I never really find my rhythm. And so we've really learned in a similar way that marking like the start of Sabbath is really important and really helpful for finding the rhythm for the rest of the day. Now we used to mark the start of Sabbath on a Friday night by having a meal that always included breaking bread and sharing wine together and we would share stories. Um, And I, I know other people that do that and that's a really great way because it kind of sets the tone right from Friday night, Sabbath starts here. For us that's just not worked for us more recently and so instead we now start with brunch and Bible on a Saturday morning. So we usually get up, we maybe like we'll take the dogs for a walk, we'll play some family games and then around 11 o'clock we have croissants and fruit and um we've got this really uh, lovely children's Bible that um, we read together and it always creates lots of discussion and lots of questions and Um, At the moment we've been able to do that in the garden and that that really is where we find our pace for the rest of the day. Something that marks our Sabbath day as different to our other days. And like I said before in lockdown we were reading the Bible together regularly as a family and so it's been really nice to carry that through into um, our, our regular life and make sure that is in place. But it took us a while to figure that out because when... When lockdown finished and the world kind of opened back up again and clubs started and hobbies started and suddenly our diary exploded and we realised that we didn't actually, we had like eight weeks where we couldn't really mark the Sabbath or celebrate the Sabbath and it was only when we looked at it and realised it's the diary's out of control then we began to put things back in place and, and, and remember how important that is. Now, maybe you feel like your busy life is circumstantial. Maybe you're a student and you think, well, this is just what student life is like and there's nothing that you can do about it. Maybe you think it'll get better when you finish uni and you get a job, or maybe you're working full-time already and you think, oh, it'll get better when I get a different job, or it'll get better when I have kids and work part-time. Um, It'll get better when I retire. Let me assure you that I am heading towards 40 and it doesn't get better by chance. If anything, life gets busier. It's not your circumstance that means you're busy and this isn't out of your control. Whatever life stage you're in, you can respond to this by creating space that includes a Sabbath, by marking A day in the week, doesn't have to be a Saturday, that is your Sabbath day and develop rhythms around that that will help you rest with God. And so uh, in this time over August, I hope that you find some space to think about what you would like it to look like in autumn and to put that in your diary now. If you put your Sabbath in your diary, then you are way more likely to have it and to mark it and to spend that time with God than to just see if there's room for it. I wonder if I can challenge you or encourage you to put that in first. And maybe you can't do a whole day, I don't know what your circumstances are, but maybe it's about putting in an evening or an afternoon or a morning a space in your diary where you write Sabbath and you begin to develop some practices or you bring back some old practices if you've done this before and maybe have stopped doing it. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for the Ten Commandments. Thank you that you have commanded us to rest and you have promised us rest and that you have given us a gospel of rest. This deep promise of being held by you and all we need to do is step into that space and so god i pray that you'll help us um, to rest this august to rest in this space and to to find time where life maybe is a bit quieter but but more than that god i pray that you'll help us to develop rhythms and routines going forward that we can spend more time with you amen